So welcome to season three, episode two of Suburban Bourbon. And uh, we're kind of excited. Uh, Joe and I are down in Cincinnati, Ohio at Northside Distilling Company. That's right. And we've got a CEO of Northside Distilling here. Uh, it's so great to have you here. Aaron, tell us a little bit about yourself as well as uh, what's the address here at Northside Distilling? Thanks, Joe. Uh, so our address here at Northside Distilling is 922 Race Street, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45202. Uh, we've been at this location. Uh, actually, next month we'll be celebrating seven years at this particular location. Right in the heart of Cincinnati. Right the heart of Cincinnati. Uh, we're, we're right on the edge of, of Over the Rhine, historic, uh, well-known district in downtown Cincinnati. Um, a lot of fun things. We're really close to FC Cincinnati, the new stadium there. Uh, but yeah, we've been here seven years. Uh, but we weren't always here. We're about 13 years, uh, sorry, we're about 10 years old now. Uh, we started in Northside. It's a neighborhood here in Cincinnati. Uh, 2013 started on a, a farm uh, adjacent to Spring Grove Cemetery in, uh, in Northside. And on that property, we started in a barn. We started doing corn whiskey, moonshine. Yeah, that's cool. uh, that's kind of where we started. And uh, at at one point in time, we had people in the Northside area that would come in and hang out at our tap room in this old barn that had rats, snakes, every critter you could ever imagine. In. And you're bourbon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Things a, have evolved. Okay? <laughs> there's, a, there's a story. One of one of my partners talks about being in there, and they thought they had a three-headed snake, but it was actually three snakes poking out of a oh, kind of a, a pipe, a pipe that was coming into the barn and so forth. But. Uh, no, been around for about 10 years. Uh, started uh, just as friends brewing beer. So you asked, do we have beer? We, we don't do beer, we don't brew beer. What we found out very early on is we're terrible at making beer. We just, we just don't do a very good job. Well, I'm glad because now you're doing spirits. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, but you have to go pre-2013 to, know, to learn more about the, the story of kind of how that started. And it was a group of, of uh, four or five guys that had all known each other since elementary school, um, grew up together, went to high school together, went off to college, came back, almost all of them moved back to Cincinnati. And before they had kids, they were getting together every Thursday night and brewing beer in, in a basement, in one of their basements. And um, what started to happen from there, the, they started having children. And when, uh, when those children started to come along, their wives said, you know, you can keep doing this, you just can't do it here anymore. Uh, that sounds very imagine, wifey. Uh, yeah, exactly. As you can imagine those mornings were going till 4 a.m., 5 a.m., so forth, and no kids, you, you can do that and still go to work, right? So once, once kids were born, it's like, okay, well, what are we gonna do? So one of, the, one of the members said, my family has a farm over in Northside with a barn, why don't we do that? But instead of brewing, why don't we start distilling? And so from there, and the story gets even more entertaining, from there they decided to buy a steel to, uh, to distill. And they bought it from, uh, I believe the first one was from Hillbilly Stills in uh, Kentucky, which is still in existence. It, it's actually kind of exploded as well and been bought out by a bigger company, but still, uh, still down there. So they bought one. Well, in, in the US, whenever you buy a brand new steel from anyone that's reputable, they have to report that sale to alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, or um, oh, what's the uh, ATF? But uh, there's we talk about uh, uh, TTB, which is uh, you know that kind of operated under the umbrella of, of ATF. So they reported it as they were supposed to. Hillbilly Stills did. Well, then a couple weeks later, in the mail, these guys get a letter that says. Uh, Congratulations on purchasing your steel. What are you going to do with it? Wow. Wow. Yeah, the government exactly. is watching. Exactly. <laughs> Highly governed. So at that time, the guy said, well, even though we're doing this recreationally or for fun, in order to be able to do this, we're going to have to form some sort of entity. So we formed an LLC and started working through TTB and through the Ohio State Liquor Commission to be licensed. And so we actually got the place licensed, and that's when we started making corn whiskey and moonshine. Um, and at that time, you know, it was never really a thought of making money. It was just a thought of friends gathering, just having fun, good time. 
and, and even today, that's kind of our motto. Good time. You know, we want to we want to make money. We want to be profitable. We don't want to lose money. But I, everyone involved knows we're not doing this to get rich. That's just we're here to, as you can see behind you, we're here to have a good time and bring people in, introduce them to a product, our product, but as well we introduce people to other people's products. That's kind of who we are. So with that, what was the first product you distilled? Corn whiskey. Corn whiskey followed by moonshine. Um, if you remember, so we're going back 2013, 2014, uh, Old Smoky out of Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg area, kind of had this, this uh, rise or peak. And so people were, were into the commercial moonshine at that time. And so we did our own. And it was, it was fairly popular. But what we found over the years, that's kind of waned off. Old Smoky has that that uh, kind of cornered, but uh, everyone else has kind of moved on. And as we all know, this yeah. is what's popular, bourbon, right. bourbon. <laughs> bourbon. So once we moved, um, well, back up. So in 2015, 2016, we get word from the family that they're selling the farm. They're going to move on from the farm. So we need a new place to, to live, right? A new place to work and so forth. And um, it just wasn't feasible at that time. Again, we're early on. We're not really looking to be a profitable company. So trying to stay in that north side area was going to be very, very uh, difficult with rent and lease rates and so forth. So we started looking. We found this place in downtown Cincinnati, kind of on the, the verge, kind of on the edge of, of uh, becoming something bigger. Yeah, which it has. And it has, yes. yeah. It has. So we, we uh, started here, wonderful, wonderful guy, leased this place to us. Um, seven years later, we're still here. So that's how we ended up at the location downtown. This is a great location. Yeah. I mean, you're right in the middle of it. Right, right in the middle of all of it. Um, you know, we've got easy walking, shopping, uh, food, everything you can imagine close by. And it's not that far. Uh, we're only six or seven blocks north of uh, Paul Brown Stadium. Oh, sorry, Paycor Stadium yeah. these days. <laughs> I, I, li I lived here uh, for uh, several years um, in the late '90s, and it's and I've been down now and again. Um, still have a lot of friends, fraternity brothers who live down here, but it's changed a lot downtown Cincinnati in, in a good way. I mean, it was always nice, but now you have the the riverfront, and then you have the connection here to um, you know UC is it was really close to here less than a mile away yeah. it's just it's really a lot happening here and and I should say um, before we kind of continue with the interview so what you hear behind us it, tell us a little bit about what's happening here today it's kind of cool oh, yeah, that so, is. so it's really cool like a lot of distilleries we're in the private barrel business so we have a lot of groups that like to do private barrels with us uh, the group here today is one of our favorites it's a local group it's called the Cincinnati barrel chasers uh, they've been around for a couple years. Um, last I checked, they have over a thousand members. And so they do different barrels with us, but the one that they're here to release today is one that's not available on store shelves, but uh, is periodically available in the distillery here. Um, it's, it's our honey bourbon barrel. And it's been extremely popular. We, do, we, uh, uh, we sell it here in Cincinnati to, to these guys. Occasionally, you might be able to catch a bottle out of the distillery, but it's been so highly popular. Keeping up with the production has been very, very challenging. Hey, that's awesome. It's, we it's we, we might try to buddy up exactly. and sneak, sneak a little taste. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they're, they're in today. I think this is maybe their seventh private barrel they've done with us. Uh, so we love these guys. They're wonderful. Hopefully, you get a chance to talk to some of them later. They can tell you, they can tell you more of the flavor profile from a drinker's perspective. Uh, but it's something we, we've gotten into some finished products. We've done honey. We've done a, uh, a cognac finish bourbon, a Grand Marnier finish bourbon. Um, uh, one of our favorites that we did in conjunction with Rookwood Pottery here in town, which is uh, one of the oldest pottery uh, companies in the, in the uh, country, but a Cincinnati staple. It's been around forever. We did a, a Madagascar vanilla extract that was paired with a pottery piece that was done exclusively for Northside. It's a one of a kind, never been done by anyone else. I can show it to you here. So here's the piece. And if you look at the face of it and then the back of it, this is downtown Cincinnati or Cincinnati and its neighborhoods downtown. Don't know if we can pick this out on here, but right here is where we're located. That is cool. That is super and cool. And then you can see follow kind of the river 
down here at the bottom. So how did you connect with them? So I, we've been wanting to do something with them for a while. One of my partners has relationships over there and we kicked around, you know, what can we do? And this was the brainchild that they came up with for us. And it's been extremely popular. We do have a few left that are, that are available, but we paired that with um, this and that's the van the Madagascar vanilla extract bourbon that I was telling you about. Yeah, getting uh, one of those. That is that's a must. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to ask. I mean, when we look at your spirits, you have you, you have a wide assortment and variety of spirits. So can you kind of talk about what you offer here at Northside Distilling? And then it's also be interesting to hear like on the bourbon side, you know, what you guys are doing because it's this is fascinating. But yeah, absolutely. So you can kind of see the lineup back here. Uh, we do we do for retail sell all the time. We've got two main bourbons. We'll start there. Bourbon by far, like like every distillery right now, is the most popular. Uh, it's it uh, it's our best seller. So we have two here. This is going to be kind of what I would call our our beginning drinker bourbon drinkers uh, bourbon. It's going to be um, a small batch. It's 90 proof. Uh, mash bill on it's going to be 75% corn, 21% rye. 4% barley. So that, that rye, which we know gives bourbon its spice, it's got just enough that you, you know you're drinking bourbon, you know there's some spice in it, but it's not going to overtake it and it's not going not gonna to be uh, overwhelming to a beginning drinker's palate, if that makes sense. Uh, this one, uh, uh, that would have been the first bourbon that we started once we, once we uh, were in this location. And then over the years, we decided we wanted to go, uh, we wanted to increase with a little more of a premium bourbon. So this is going to be a single barrel. We proof it at 108. I'll come back and tell you why 108, which is kind of a unique number. 108. Uh, it's going to have the same mash bill as this, so it's also going to be 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley. But this is going to be more of uh, uh, experienced drinker's bourbon. And that's going to be because of the higher proof that, that that's going to deliver. But again, it's got enough rye in there that it gives it enough spice, but it's not gonna overwhelm overwhelm a drinker with too much spice. Uh, but we proof it at 108, and the reason we proof it at 108, uh, that's a number that's, that's near and dear and special to our heart here at Northside. So one of our, our original founders, one of the guys I told you about that was one of the original groups, name was Jamal Shatiwi. And uh, Jamal unfortunately passed away at the age of 39, uh, two, little over two years ago. Uh, of a very rare uh, cancer. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's, that's left, awful. Left, it's behind, awful. And left behind his high school sweetheart. They've been married. They've been together since. I say that. I believe they've been together since the fourth grade, and four children. And so, uh, one of the unique things, and the story goes, goes he was uh, he was uh, at Indiana playing soccer. His uh, his wife Lauren was at Kentucky. And he was having a, a good career at Indiana, but they wanted to be together, so he ended up moving to Kentucky and uh, to the University of Kentucky and, and finished up school with here, where he also had a, a good career. But his number was eight, so that's where 108 comes. So we proof all of our specialty bourbons, unless they're requested to be barrel strength by a group. We proof all of our specialties at 108. Oh wow, that's, that's pretty. That's, that's a, cool a heartwarming. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah, to give you a little, again, we're all about, you know, friendship. I mean, you pour bourbon, you drink it to, with friends. That's the whole exactly. purpose of it, right? Socialization. And so that's what we've always tried to be. That's what we've tried to, to stick to as a group. And we like to tell that story just because even afterwards we try to honor him because that's why we were created, to make sure people care about people. It's a sad story, but it's heartwarming to hear that, you know, what you guys have done in honor of his memory. So uh, you'll, you'll probably have an opportunity to talk to our production manager, Ben, here in a little bit. And I've seen him do tour after tour. And one of the one of the first two or three questions that he always gets is, how should you drink your bourbon? And his response is, however you like it. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We, we, like exactly. we already like him. <laughs> you know, we, we always, and, and, and then we go on to say, you know, we recommend at least taking a taste of it um, untouched. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, neat. And then from there, figure out how you like it and, and drink it because that's the, the, we drink to socialize. That's right. I, Joe and I are about the same. It's like the first time we drink something, we drink it neat because we want to try it the way it was, the way it was made. And then when I'm normally out, it's like, I like it with a big rock, 
you know, just to sip on or or have it in a cocktail. I mean, depending on the bourbon and what I'm in the mood for. So we totally agree. That's exactly how we live. Absolutely. So kind of continuing on, on bourbon, I, I do want to highlight a couple other things we do. We talked about our finishes with the Madagascar vanilla extract. We've got the honey finish, which is, I told you it's been wildly popular with this group. We've got a group on the uh, Northeast Coast that um, they, they will take any barrel as soon as it's finished of the honey. So wildly popular. We hope one day to bring it to the masses. We just can't keep up with the production right now to That's do that. Really I, I, there are worse things in the world, right? right? Okay. right? So, so we, I got to highlight this too, Aaron. I know. And I, yeah, I apologize so, to our, our Cleveland Browns fans, um, but we got a root for the Bengals. They are uh, Ohio team. and This one's awesome. Uh, so to give you a full story, this was our second release of this. So there's a, another label, and we'll see if we can find it. But this is this was year two. So we released the first one last year during the Bengals Super Bowl run. And, Brilliant, by the way. And it was a, uh, a, a Bengal tiger, but it was done by a world-famous wildlife artist by the name of John Ruffin, who was from Cincinnati. He uh, passed away at the young age of 95. Uh, approximately two years ago but um, we were doing some and I'll get to it, we do we do a lot of charitable work through with our bourbon uh, here in Cincinnati but we were working with his estate um, his his two grandsons uh, take care of the estate and all of his artwork and so forth and we were working on some stuff with them that was going to go through the Taft Museum here related to his work well the Bengals are on their Super Bowl run and he calls me and he says hey my grandfather did some of the original artwork for the Cincinnati Bengals. And so a lot of the details in his work is, are the same details that are in the Bengals mascot. Wow. And so we started talking, um, said, let's do something with it. So he sent over a print, we got it together, and we released it last February. It sold out so fast, as you can imagine, because we were hungry to go anywhere. We haven't been to the Super Bowl in... Exactly. You know, 20 plus years, 30 plus years. And so we sold that and it was so popular and so much demand for it that um, we partnered to do it again. So we released this one in um, September at the beginning of, the, of this past football season. This was really popular throughout the year. And if you remember, they had some white uniforms this year. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this you, did vodka. Vodka. So nice. you did a vodka. Nice. In, in honor of that, but this is all John Ruffin's work, famous Cincinnati guy, and um, a majority of the proceeds go back to the Ruffin estate to benefit, to benefit, um, or sorry, the Ruffin Foundation to benefit what they try to do with, with their charity and so forth. That's a great That's story. Awesome. Yeah. And, and is that a special, is that a special bourbon? It is, so we do, uh, we do two barrels of, of the bourbon. And once it sells out, it's done for the year. So we have a few bottles floating around, but not very many. We'll release a third one come this next September. And then this had a limited run as well. And the thought process is we want to make them available, but we want to make sure that they hold their value for the consumer. Right. That's right. So they are lim uh, very limited releases when we do it. Very cool. That is, and, and uh, it's funny. Yeah, good marketing. <laughs> I, I have a buddy, Todd Clark, who we're gonna see after this, probably one of the biggest Bengals fans. I'm sure he's, you need to get one, Todd. <laughs> exactly, I'm gonna pick one up for you. Continuing uh, with you guys to talk about our bourbon, some of the other things that we really try to do. Don't know how familiar the, the audience is with Cincinnati, but we are a charitable city. I mean, it's actually unbelievable. We have one of the, um, most well-funded United Ways in the country. And you say, I mean, we're, we're nowhere near one of the biggest cities. Uh, that's one example. So Cincinnati just has this, this charitable thing about it. So we try to give back as well, because again, we understand we're not, we're not gonna get rich doing what we're doing. We're here to have a good time, spread our product out, hopefully support, and we wanna support the community because they've been really good to us. So with that, we, we try to do a lot of things for charity. And so this year, this is a really cool thing we worked on. And um, we did this in conjunction with a group called CABVI, Cincinnati Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired. It's a char charitable organization, nonprofit, that does exactly what it sounds like. It supports people that are blind or have visual impairments. And so they, they reached out to us and said, we'd love to do a bottle with you. And we've got this concept, can we put Braille on it? 
So we looked everywhere throughout the country, and as far as we know, this is the first ever bourbon bottle released with Braille on it. And if you can fill, take a fill there. That's so, amazing. Just really cool. Um, That's really amazing. We did a barrel release last year for them. It was highly popular. They've asked if we could do two to three barrels this year. And so we tried to do that. We followed that up with this bottle. And this is, um, if you guys are familiar with Mills on Wheels. Yes. So we did this for uh, uh, Southwestern Ohio and, and Northern Kentucky's Mills on Wheels. And they do every um, November, they do their Busta Crust. Busta Crust is they sell pies for Thanksgiving so people don't have to bake their own pies. And all those proceeds go back to Meals on Wheels. So out of pure chance, we were, we were promoting our Bengals bottle with local Fox 19 when in the green room, I run into the executive director for Meals on Wheels. And she had heard about this project, the CABVI project. And she said, what about pairing our pies with bourbon? And I'm like, that's a pretty easy fix. So uh, next thing you know, this year they decided to, uh, to sell bourbon with their pies. And so those proceeds went back to Meals on Wheels. Bourbon goes with everything. I, I was going to say, but what, what's really, I, I think, that's coming out is just is how involved you are with the community and giving back, which is it, it was yeah. a testament to, you know, we love great bourbon. We love, you know, places that, you know, provide great product. But what you're doing for the community is so much farther beyond Agreed. all of that, which well, is pretty, pretty amazing story. And that, that's our, our goal. And, you know, one of the one of the things I, I tell people, why is the thought process behind that when they ask why, why, why do you guys get into that? Well, one of the reasons our original founders, all, when I told you they all went to elementary school and so forth together, they all went to Catholic school together, which if you're from Cincinnati, you know, the first thing people ask you, what, what school did you go to? They don't mean what college, they mean what high school, and what they really mean is what Catholic school did you go to in Cincinnati? And so, you know, that's one of the things that, that the, the Catholic religion teaches you is just to be charitable and so forth. And I think, if I heard correctly, one of you guys went to St. Ed's. St. Ed's. Ed's. We are so, St. Ed's. You know, we've got St. X down here, I think, a few times every year. We play each other in and, and football and so forth. But So the, the thought process is, you know, give back to the community. If we're going to ask you to come in and spend $40 or $60 on a bottle of bourbon, we need to be giving some of that back to the community. We want to support the community because they've supported us. And so that's what we're trying to do. And so we've talked a lot about bourbon, but you guys ask about all of our products. So our second most popular, want to take a guess? Uh, I'm vodka. sorry. Vodka. Um, tried and true, vodka is always there. Um, it's, it's our second most popular. Uh, bottle per bottle we probably move almost as much vodka as we do bourbon. Oh, I believe it. Wow. Is your, is your, uh, your vodka just one flavor? Do you do any of the flavor? We don't do any flavorings. Uh, we haven't gotten into that. We've talked about it, but uh, to be honest, our, our vodka has been so popular. We why just say, yeah, why change it? Uh, it's just a real clean, pure vodka. We distill it. We advertise we distill it seven times. We actually distill it eight times. What's that proof? Uh, we proof it at 80. Okay. Um, so easy drinking. I. I drink our vodka exclusively, not because I, I would love to tell you I drink our bourbon exclusively, but there's so many good bourbons out there that I drink all kinds of bourbons. But a few years ago, once we really refined the vodka process, and I'm a vodka drinker, I drink vodka exclusively from Northside now. Uh, it's going to be uh, really neutral. Again, we distill it. We also carbon filter it twice. And what's that do? It takes all the impurities out of it. Uh, and, and we really focus on water. You'll see on any given day if you walk in here, we do a lot of filtering by hand. So you may see hundreds of Brita, not hundreds, I'm, over, I'm exaggerating that, but you'll see Brita pictures everywhere. It's because we're just making sure right down to every ounce that goes into any of these products that it's been filtered and, and before we, we uh, distill it, proof it, all those, all those factors going into it. We noticed, on, we noticed on your site, you have zero chill yeah. filtration. That, that's correct. Yeah, so here's our vodka. It's going to be at 80 proof. Um, we're really proud of it. Our next uh, most popular one is going to be our gin, and we do two different versions of gin. 
uh, we do, uh, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be more of a uh, multiple botanical based gin instead of juniper, just juniper berries. Uh, when you think of Grandpa's gin, heavy juniper. We tried to introduce more botanicals, so we've got about 10 different botanicals going on in there. Anything from lavender to earth root to um, orange slices, different things. So it's going to give a really refreshing taste to it. So then we got creative, and uh, uh, Ben Chazon, our production manager, he, he did a really cool thing, and he said, you know what, why don't we age this in some bourbon barrels? So we have a barrel-aged gin, which has been really cool. Uh, we age it for at least six months. And look at that months. color. Yeah, you're going to notice on it, you get a little bit of a, a gin flavor with it. Or I sorry, a that. little bit of a bourbon uh, uh, coloring with it because it's pointed off the barrel. Yeah, that's pretty unique, don't you? I thought it was a rum when I, I, I didn't read it from here. And I yeah. thought, oh, it's a... And this is going to be proofed at 93 proof. Why 93? So... Our gin by far is the most unique thing we do here. It's gonna be different than any other gin that you taste. It's also gonna be different from the last batch we did. No two batches are ever the same with our gin. Uh, why, why, is, why is that? Just the uniqueness. Um, we, uh, it's kind of like a, a really good baker. We're not necessarily measuring out everything exactly every time on the gin when it comes to the botanicals. So you're going to get a little bit of a, a, a different profile each time. But you're going to still know it's our gin, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, so with that, we want to, um, excuse me, with that, we wanted to do something um, really unique with the proofing. So we went 93 proof because we just thought it was odd, kind of bizarre, but fun, if that makes sense to show you. But we proof our agave at 80 proof. Uh, we all, and, and right now we're currently sold out here. It's I was going to say, it's pretty popular, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's, been, it's, been, it's been really popular. You know the unique thing, we have to call it agave because we don't want to get that cease and desist letter from Mexico. Exactly. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's made with 100% blue agave. Proof it at 80. It's, uh, it's going to taste just like tequila. Uh, it's going to be kind of a higher-end tequila. Uh, tastes really good. But it's a Blanco. It is a Blanco, but we also have an Anejo, so we decided to do the same thing. So we did a barrel-aged uh, agave. We have to call it barrel-aged agave because for the same reasons we can't call our, our tequila, uh, tequila or our agave tequila. Uh, it's been aged between uh, two and three years. So what you're going to get with it, and if you're a, if you're a a pure tequila drinker. You're probably going to say, you've got a little too much bourbon flair for me if you're a Blanco drinker. But if you're into the rep Reposados and the Anejos, you're going to really like it because it's pulled a lot of that bourbon flair off the barrel. I'm going to tell you, and it was, I got introduced to, or to tequila probably about five years ago, and my friend Michael Slama that introduced me gave me a Casamigos Reposado. And it was at that point that I realized what the difference is with Reposados and then I, you know, Añejos compared to a Blanco. So I prefer it, and I know that you, you know, you've got your own, you know, Yeah, I'm take not, I'm not as much of a tequila drinker as you are. Yeah. I mean, I think I, <laughs> it goes back to high school, having so bad tequila, exactly. right? But, but, but now, I mean, like your product, others that are, are quality, I have come to appreciate, I always have appreciated it. I can actually enjoy it. Yeah. No, I understand. Same, same here. I go back to, I go back to those old school te tequilas oh that they will remain nameless, but we know who they are. I know. <laughs> Matter of fact, I, I was just golf on a, on a golf trip with some buddies. And, uh, before this kind of tequila trend hit with the higher end tequilas, we used to, um, we used to pass around some pretty bad tequila shots and uh, he just brought me a bottle of one of them. What kind was it? Pepe Lopez, $6.95 a bottle, $6.95 a bottle. And he said, we, we pass these around for birthdays, oh, Christmas presents, and I, 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 I invited him on the trip and he's like, hey, thanks, uh, here's as a thanks for inviting me, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> As, as, As only friends can. Exactly. I, I fully anticipate that my great-grandchildren would probably still have that bottle unopened. <laughs> it, it'll be in the liquor cabinet that long. What was he thinking? <laughs> but much like you, 
I struggle with Blancos. And, and for me, you know, like everything that we do with bourbon, with any of this stuff, smell plays as big a component as, as taste. I have a hard time with tequila smells yeah. because of it takes me back to yes. Yes. to way Too back, tragic. you know. <laughs> we'll say 21, right? Just yeah. to just to be safe <laughs> in case my parents are watching. <laughs> but that's the difference with reposados and añejos. A good reposado and añejo that is muted to a large extent. Absolutely. So where the blancos I struggle with, I have no problems getting into our barrel aged agave, which would be the equivalent of an añejo now. Uh, and all we do is take our, our our agave, our blanco, and we age it for the the particular batch out right now is uh, two two or three years. I'd have to look on the on the bottle, but we've had it's been really popular. As our barrel aged gin that I told you about, we sell more of it out of this uh, out of the distillery than um, than we do our regular gin, which has been really popular. And this just actually hit the the shelves in Ohio last month. So we're excited about that, the Barrel Aged Gin. You can find it along with all of these products, minus we don't have the Barrel Aged Agave on the shelves yet. We're working on that. Very nice. And then are these I three. The so I, I, I was going to say, I love the Moonshine bottle. So this is, this is rum. It's a clear rum. We brought it back last year. Um, it's not something that we do every year. We kind of play with it. If we, if we want to do it, we release it. Um, like everything, you know, rum was uh, prior to immigration uh, of, you know, the, the Irish, the Scottish folks and so forth. Rum was most popular in the U.S. It's just not very popular here now. You've got some old school people that drink it, but um, it, we do it. People like it. I, I will tell you, it's very good. I'm a rum drinker. I love a good, uh, a good rum and Coke every now and then or, you know, throw the rum and some other stuff. But it's, it's done well. And then these are old school. This is the moonshine. Please show for our, our audience the bottle. I that love is the handle. Fantastic. I love the handle. <laughs> and this is so so old school. This will tell you the last time we did moonshine. This is some of our original branding. And we've since rebranded to what you see here. Nice. And, and, and what's the proof on that? Uh, 80. 80? Okay. Okay. It's nice. And then the last one, this is where we started. Corn whiskey. We don't, we don't bottle our corn whiskey anymore. Um, all our corn whiskey goes to our bourbon, so it all goes into barrels and, and we age it now. But um, so is that a this is a scotchy sort of smell and taste, or is that just a, a true taste like or sorry, it smells like grain alcohol? Okay, okay. You can take it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. What proof is that? Eighty. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Very nice. I think it, that, that's the lineup. Like, I'm amazed by this lineup. I mean, you, you, it's like, where do you start? <laughs> this is just, I love this bottle. I know. This may be your purchase today. Exactly. That's cool. Uh, the interesting thing, we, we also, I, we have a bunch of stuff we can show you that, that just was failures. Like everyone else, not everything we, we make uh, works out. People ask what happens when you open up a barrel. Um, of your bourbon and, and it doesn't taste right. I said, you can come down and watch us dump it down the drain. Because if it, if it doesn't meet if it doesn't really? meet our quality, we're not gonna put it out. We're not gonna let anyone touch it. Uh, same way with, with a lot of these products. Uh, if, it doesn't, if it doesn't meet, meet what, what we've set as the bar, we're just not gonna put it out. And we've had a couple projects that we've tried to do with local, uh, sorry, with local breweries where we would almost take what they've had, like, for example, one, one of the local breweries had over-carbonated beer. They called us up and said, you want to try and do something with this? So we tried to reverse engineer that and, and turn it back into um, essentially liquor. Complete failure. We bottled it. Um, nobody really tasted it ahead of time. They bottled it. We cracked one before releasing it. We're like, get rid of it. Yeah. We kept a few around, which... Couple people did like, but the majority of everyone's like, eh, "That's got to go away." So, yeah. but we like to play. We're small enough to play and experiment and see what we can come up with. So, what's the process like when you have a barrel? What is the process like for you to determine that quality control or, or that process of determining if the barrel is good enough or up to your standards? Typically, uh, the, it, it's a team effort. Uh, if anyone, 
if anyone has any questions about it, usually it starts with Ben, and if he has any issues or questions about it, uh, he'll say, hey, what do you think about this? And then we'll kind of run it through. And if it, if it just doesn't taste right or smell right, we are on the side of caution and, and discard it. It says a lot about North Side, though. I mean, absolutely. You know, from a quality control perspective, that's good. Very good. Well, I'm excited to start trying some of these. What about I, you? I agree. I think it's time to crack open a, a few of these bourbons and uh, other spirits and uh, see what North Side. I've had a lot of alcohol in my years in Cincinnati, so I like to think this is kind of coming home and continuing exactly. that trend. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it's been so a pleasure good. talking with you, and Absolutely. I guess we're going to get to know your uh, yeah, let me, yeah, let's see if Ben's available. Perfect. Uh, thanks a lot. Thank Appreciate you. it. All right, you're back here at Suburban Bourbon. And we've got production manager of Northside Distilling, uh, Ben. So good to meet you today. And, uh, and tell us a little bit about what you do here at Northside so we, Distilling. We all, we all wear a lot of hats. Uh, I started off in in our kind of our sales department and uh, kind of about almost seven years ago, and kind of worked to get these products out to market, uh, get into all the uh, the Krogers, the Giant Eagles, and things like that, and then. As we've shifted over the years with the pandemic and things like that, we've we've lost some people. We've made some changes, so I've actually shifted into uh, less into the sales and more into the production and actual distilling. So everything that, that we put in bottles is, uh, has come across my desk, so to speak. And uh, we do a lot of different things, and uh, we keep it very interesting. Uh, and we appreciate you giving us our time today. He is doing double duty as a, as a Mr. Mom today. He has his daughter with him, and as, as dad's with daughters, we get it. His oh, is a younger one. That's okay. We got to be tolerant. Bur bourbon teaches us a lot of tolerance. Let me ask you this. If you're describing Northside to a, to a consumer to want to try something, what would be the one thing you'd want them to know about the product? Um, I would say that everything that we do... Um, you know, that we that we put out that we're proud of. Um, so there's times that we've made stuff that we wouldn't put out. So if you're buying a product of ours, we are going to stand by it. You know, so we're confident that what we put in that bottle is good uh, and, and something that we would want to put our name in. Like the, the, the group of us that started this are all friends. We've been together. You know, Since I a close knit community, same as you know, Cleveland area, I guess was where you guys are from. And so reputation is everything. So don't put something in a bottle if you don't if you don't care for it, right? And not just to make a dollar. That's kind of, I know that's a lot of work. But that's kind of what I would want to, to, to portray as an image of our company and what we're what we're doing. And then when you talk about production, I mean, like we were talking about, it's a, a pretty extensive variety of spirits that you have. You know, what's the easiest to make? What's the hardest to make? So, and, and what's that experience like? We out of a lot of different products, and um, we do some sourcing uh, on, on some of our bourbons and things like that. So we do. Um, some things that make it a little bit less challenging, you know, time-wise, time-constraint-wise. The easiest to, to market would be our clear spirits because they don't have to age. So I'm able to turn, you know, outside of the, the fermentation process, the actual distillation process, we can turn gin and vodka or rum around in the same day, right? Whereas bourbon, um, we do source, but we also do produce our own bourbon. We don't sell a bourbons to market that are anything less than five years old. So that's a long time. Um, so the clear spirits, kind of the joke in the industry, that the clear spirits keep the lights on. And, and, uh, and, and the bourbon is this a passion project that you wait and wait and wait and, uh, until it's ready. So, but, um, but yeah, they all have their different nuances and different um, complications. The most challenging product that we make, which I don't even have in front of me, it would be our American agave, our tequila. Um, very temperamental, uh, very low yields. So that's why it's not in front of you. It's a seasonal item. Um, but all the rest of them are pretty straightforward. The rum is, is the most plentiful. It seems that to come out of the still faster than anything else. So I like making that. So when you talk about temperamental, what, what exactly makes that more difficult? So temperamental, we could be with uh, the way that it reacts to the yeast. So the, the tequilas that when we were making them, we had to find like different turbo yeast and different things that would help the, I don't wanna get too technical, but uh, to, to make sure that it's ready for distillation. And so then when we would put them in our stills, some of these products, i.e. The, the agave, you're expecting mathematically to get X when it comes out, and we were only getting like a third or a fourth of that. And so it just becomes very costly. So not only temperamental in terms of the production and how long it takes to get such a little amount, 
But if you're doing all those things, all that effort, two weeks of fermentation, and then spending all this time to get this much, it's not that you know the, the juice isn't worth the squeeze at some point. So we were the first ever to do it in Ohio. And we're still very proud of that. But now we just do it in smaller amounts because we can only afford to lose so much money on something that's so cool, you know. So did you have a background in this? Um, a background in drinking. Uh, yeah, yeah, but. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, that is the best answer we've ever gotten. So the, the reality is anybody then can know. By the way, we do too. <laughs> but uh, no, so like I said, I started in the sales side, but when we had our other production team, I would kind of pick up on what they're doing, learning, uh, reading some books. There are like some kind of universities you can go to to pick up. I think it's actually called Moonshine U in Louisville. I've heard really good things about it. But really, uh, everyone that's worked with us here is, has learned on the go. Uh, we do have a manual. Like, it's only a couple pages. It's really not that complicated. Um, I think you guys have been to a few other distilleries to see the people that work there. We're not always that sophisticated. Uh, we, can, we can figure it out pretty easily. But uh, we've, and then the original distillers that, that are my buddies from high school started in the basement of their family property and they didn't know anything. They were just big drinkers too. Uh, but they started off as brewers and they just got bored with that. And so it was kind of the next progression. Um, but we've, we've, we've come a long way, let's just put it that way, in terms of the process. Well, what's been your biggest surprise doing this that maybe you didn't know going in, you're like, wow. I, I mean, not necessarily a bad thing, but something that, you know, from, from being on the production side of it, what surprised you? Uh, just, I, I think one of the biggest challenges is the, the QA, the quality you know, control and quality you know, assurance stuff. With when we started in the barn, we didn't maybe think about the water we were using or the purification, you know, like all these different things. And so you thought it was literally you turn a machine on, you wait a couple minutes, drink a couple beers, and all of a sudden you have a really beautiful, palatable product. And it's just not maybe that way, right? So to get to a, a vodka that we sell, you're talking about distilling it six, seven times, right? That's just a lot of effort to get to something. And, um, and so I think that maybe at the first, we thought it was gonna be a lot easier uh, that you know, we, would, we would come to, a, to Cincinnati and open up and people would automatically want what we were doing and it would be awesome. And we've had to change things. We've, we've reformulated the vodka several times, right? And that's, we had to put our pride between our legs and say, hey, we want to do what the consumer wants, right? We put something out that we were really proud of, but the consumers said that they didn't like it. That's interesting. And so we reformulated it, and now our vodka is our, you know, when bourbon go hand in hand for our top two SKUs, and you learn lessons, you know? So if you want to stay in business, I think that would be the biggest uh, uh, suggestion is listen to the feedback as much as you can and put your pride aside because at the end of the day, we're a business and we've got bills to pay, and if people don't like it, we won't be here. Got so. to people like. I think the other part too is over the last in the last seven years, I mean the bourbon industry has has just boomed. So like, what's it been like for you here at Northside? Uh, yeah, so that's part of the reason we've had to kind of change our business model a little bit is because of that boom. When we were making everything ourselves, 100% from grain to glass, we couldn't keep up with the demand with the amount of time that it took to age, and that's when we had to start incorporating some of the MGP products which is only 45 minutes away from here so it's a wonderful relationship to have and um, and so we were able to also that's helped with the quality control right so we're, we're, we're picking up things that we know are consistent and then doing unique things with them but we were with the equipment that we have we have five 25 gallon stills and 150 gallon still with how popular we've we've gotten over the last six seven years without making major, major um, capitalized improvements on our equipment, we've never been able to keep up with this. So that was kind of the biggest challenge. We had to, to, to say, admit that we weren't gonna be able to keep up with the demand without making changes to our business model. Well, well we, we thank you so much yeah, for giving we, us we'll your time. That's okay. Okay. That's, that's okay. that's okay. She loves bourbon, I promise. So, <laughs> thank you guys. And thank you for your time. So we're back, and the fun part is just beginning. We're actually going to be able to do the tastings now on Northside. The whole experience has been great here, but this is actually why we come. That's right. <laughs> I know, we're going to get to try five different, five, four bourbons in a row. And we uh, have David here to not only introduce uh, himself, but also tell us about what we're going to taste here today. So yeah. thanks again for having us, David. Thanks for being here, gentlemen. So let me uh, get you informed here on what you'll be tasting. This, um, the first one, is our six-year single-barrel bourbon. It has a mash bill with 75% corn, 21% rye, and 4% barley. All of our bourbons have that mash bill, and we make all of our finishes from this 
bottle here. So starting off with our first finish, we do a Madagascar Vanilla Extract. So that one was partnered with Rookwood Pottery and we made a custom clay decanter for it. It's going to be a little sweeter and it can be used in a good cook. So our next one here is our Grand Marnier finish. It's got a little bit of an orange palette to the back of it. We like to think of it as an old-fashioned without the sugar. Uh, this one right here has the sugar in it. This would be our honey barrel. So that's it. Exactly. That was not available. It's not not available. It is a special interest group. They come in, they do a barrel pick, decide which ones they want to bring to their friends and then sell it to them. And then this here at the end, this unlabeled bottle is our 100% rye. It's not actually out yet. We haven't made the label for it. So it's not... I know. It is. This is a... Prohibition era there. So what's your favorite? I had to say probably be the honey. I know it's kind of corny, but right. bourbon's okay. kind of corny. Okay. We like that. I mean, I think a lot of the ones we've tried, you know, have you know, we like the uh, uh, the flavored finishes. Yes, yeah. they, they definitely they provide a different flavor profile that, yeah. that, that you have and, and can separate themselves. Uh, but I'm just excited to try this whole lineup. So I think we uh, we'll start off with your, your flagship. I think that's a good place to start. And what proof again is this? So this is at 108. This was at 108. Yes. All of what you will be tasting is going to be at a 108 proof. That is our standard for our black and special labels. That's good. Oh, for 108, it's a big For 108, it definitely is. You feel a little bit of heat, but it's really... It doesn't, it doesn't linger. That is really good. You know, and it's reminiscent of, you know, for people who go, you know, we're into bourbon and you see some of the flagship bottles. I'm not going to name them here, but, you know, it's comparable to some of those ones with heat. Which is cask strength. Yes. You know, it's got, you know, you're drinking bourbon, but it, it definitely has a good finish. That is good. What's the mash bill on it again? So that's going to be 75% corn, 21% rye, and 4% barley. So by bourbon standards, that is going to be considered a high rye, although at 21%, it still has a comfortable, smooth finish that you get from the corn. Way to start it off. <laughs> well, it only gets better. <laughs>
That is the special decanter. It's super. It was. I love that. This is great. That is this is really, really good whiskey. And I, I, I knew when you said you had me at Madagascar, you know, Madagascar vanilla extra. You to say. I know exactly. <laughs> um, but that is really, like I said, if you like vanilla, it's not like it's vanilla flavor. It's a hint of vanilla, but just enough. And you still, like you said, 108. It doesn't feel not like at all. That's a dangerous drink. <laughs> I mean, you can sip that and not know you're getting this. That's a home run. That's my favorite so far. Now for our, our third uh, book, what do we have here? This one's finished in brand new music. Yes. So it's a similar process, although Grand Marnier is a hell of a lot easier to get out of a barrel. <laughs> yeah, you would think. So the Grand Marnier, it gives it a little bit of that orange finish. Like I said, it's kind of like an old fashioned without the sugar. This is a little more poignant than the vanilla notes and you're gonna taste a lot more of the orange with it. And for, for two people that love old fashions, this is something that I'm definitely looking forward to because a lot of times, and we've often done it, we'll buy from a distillery the already made, you know, Watershed does it, Bullet, they all Sure, yeah. Where you can just buy hay, because when people come over and you got a bunch of people, it's easier maybe to just pour that out. But uh, to see this, I'm definitely interested in trying that. And this is 120. Yes, that is actually out of barrels. So, so this, this is coming at us. It's coming at us. <laughs> Gotta be ready. Right. You smell that. Although more powerful, orange is a little more of a hidden flavor. It can blend into the alcohol a lot better than the vanilla. I gotta tell you, I don't know what you guys do, but does that taste like 120 days? What, what is the secret here in Northside? <laughs> no, I really, and that is, we've often commented, you know, we're not high proof right, bourbon drinkers. I would say, I'd say 90 to 100 is, is the sweet spot for most bourbons, right? Yeah. And, but, we haven't, but I love when you can have a high proof bourbon and you, you have a, a good finish, you know, it's not burning you. This is once again. I think, well, I think our message would be anyone who partakes in, in, in any of these, don't get turned off if you're like Joe and I, who like that 90 to 100, and you see a 120 or 109 or whatever, you're not getting that heat. I mean, you're, clearly it's there, but you don't want to flavor. You know, it's not being overwhelmed. Exactly. And I would say this, you know, this is kind of a hint. It's, it's, not a, it's a not an overwhelming taste, you know, of that orange or citrusy taste, but it's, it's enough that it really makes this a great option. Sure, so our fourth selection is the one I think we were kind of excited about, and um, I don't know if we have to thank you or the gentleman behind us, but thank you for getting us up. Or thank, or, or thank, or both. Uh, or, or thank Aaron for setting us up for today. Yes. yes. Where yes. you guys were rolling so, it out. Yeah, so this is this is the Wildfire Wild Flower Honey Finish that is not available. Uh, not available. So we are know somebody. We know David. We know, we know people. Ben and, and uh, Aaron, so uh, we're good. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Sure. Sure, so this is a special project we've been working up and talk about not easy to get out of a barrel. Honey is uh, yeah, quite a lick. How many years does it take for that to come out of a barrel? Oh, it's like molasses. Oof. 111 proof. Yes. So and locally sourced honey. Locally sourced honey. Um, so that is, we didn't water it down at all. Came out of the barrel at that proof. So, so, geez, what, so this is straight from the barrel. Straight from and the barrel. Before we drink it, you said, like, how long does it take? And then what is the process to get this out? I mean, it's got to be pretty labor intensive. It is. So we start with our bourbon, and it's really, it's an intensive six-month process. 
because especially with the honey, you cannot let the honey just sit in the barrel. You have to constantly move it, get it around, and then exit it, and put your bourbon in, and then you do that process actually about two or three times over a six-month period. Now, the honey is then not thrown out. We keep the honey because it now has bourbon in it. And we actually took that and sold a jar of honey with this bottle. Oh my God. And it, you have honey bourbon as well as bourbon honey. Oh my God. First of all, love the marketing. Second of all, I don't even know. There's nothing wrong about what you just said. That is a home run. This. Look, we're, we're hoping this tastes as good as it smells, but we're already off to you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is my preference. It's a personal favorite of mine. That is good stuff. It is. And again, you said 111? Yeah, so, yeah. 111. 109. 111. 109. 109. It's a rounding error. Yeah, it's a rounding How do you round up two? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, save it. It matters. <laughs> Yeah, that's the difference. The difference in has different that. Great, great, great bourbon, interesting <laughs> math here at Northside. <laughs> no frills, no pretense. Just great flavor. To savor. God bless. You know, like, you know and we're, we're doing poetry here. North exactly. Side. I like rhyming and, 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 and getting a little buzz. This is awesome. That's good stuff. They're all. Good. I want to try. This is the rock. And this is and this is like I said. This feels prohibition. Like we're getting something we should. We had a discussion yesterday, right? On Did you know with Joe and Joe, which is our audio only podcast with Andy Hurst. That's right. Andy Hurst. Schumacher's. And he's giving us his history lesson on prohibition. And you're exactly right. This is what it means. This is what I feel like he like. This is what he's talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys are like, yeah. <laughs> Cincinnati was known. So let's show the bottle for, the, for our There's not much audience. to show here. It's a bottle. It's just a bottle. <laughs> this is running on fake. We have no idea what's in this bottle. This but, is fake. But let's like, explain to us what's in it. It's rye. It's rye. So this is an 100% rye mash bill. So the difference between the bourbons and the rye is rye does not necessarily have as strict requirements to call itself a whiskey. So point of that is we can actually take this rye and it's been aging six years in a Buffalo Trace barrel. So you took Buffalo Trace bourbon, they finished the barrel, you buy that, you put this in it, yes. rye. And you let it sit for six years. And what proof is this? That's going to be 120. Again. You guys, I don't know what you do. <laughs> I've often said, I wish I understood the science behind how yes. you do this because the reality is, when you can give me 120 proof and it's that smooth, oh my gosh. that is, like you said, it's almost illegal. <laughs> we don't, because it really is, it's it, it's dangerous to have this because it's very, it's really good. Now, like, we both like rice. Does this remind you a little bit of the, uh, the boom boom? Um, Yes. Higher proof that got Absolutely. That is also not released to the public yet. We actually have a business, a restaurant that bought that barrel, and so they take about six bottles every month. What restaurant? Give them. Leave that. I believe that's Prime Cincinnati. Prime Cincinnati. Check that. Prime Steakhouse. Yeah. Get the rye. I'm going to tell you five for five. And it's very difficult because the three in the middle with the different flavor profiles are, 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 are my favorite. But if you want straight rye, straight bourbon, your offerings are like spot on. And the price point, again, is like it's very reasonable. I mean, how much for a single barrel bourbon whiskey? Single barrel is going to be $60. And quite frankly, so are the others. There are quality bourbons at reasonable prices, and these are like, these were all like, well worth it. I'm gonna let Mrs. Vitali know right in advance. I think my bill is made. Because and now I have to get out, especially since we're from Cleveland and you're in Cincinnati. I'm not rolling in here on a, on a Tuesday at five. <laughs> I know. So um, I've got to get some of this, and um, this is just this is phenomenal. Let me ask you this: So these guys behind us. Um, the Cincinnati Bourbon Chasers? Yes. Barrel, the barrel Chasers. Um, when, you, when, when a group comes in uh, at a place like this, your distillery, how much does a barrel cost? Do you know? 
believe a barrel. I've seen the stipends. Uh, the stipends are about two thousand five hundred. Okay, that's not bad. No, not bad at all. So, and how does that work? So, oh, it's a unique. It's a very unique process. Okay. They come to us. They basically say, "Hey, we have this line of credibility. This is what we do." And then they say, we would just like to buy a barrel off of you. And they have their logo, the Barrel Chasers. Right? Oh, so yes. Grand Marnier was theirs as well. Yes. Uh, but you sell that one. We did to the public, and that would be our Bengal Tiger logo. That is the public release. We like meeting good people like yourself, like, like Aaron, like everyone that we met here today. I think it's, it's fun to hear the story and, and you know, again, encourage people to come out and watch they visit. We may have people up in Cleveland who are going to be down here on, you know, on, a, on a, a business trip or maybe visiting their kids over here. Or go and watch the Browns Bengals, stop by Northside, That's right. get a flight, then go to the game and watch the Browns beat the Bengals. So what are your, hour, what are your hours of operation during the week and on the weekends? So, so wanted to walk in here. Our weekdays are exclusively served for production. Uh, so we week open on weekdays. So our first public appearance is Friday at 4, and we go 4 to 8, and that's more of tasting room hours. And then Saturdays, we do 12 shows, and that's going to be full open bar, tours, the whole nine yards. Okay. Perfect. Good deal. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for the time today. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Very nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you guys. Okay. Come to Northside Distilling. Fantastic bourbon. 922 Race Road here in downtown Cincinnati, not too far from UC, not too far from the river, a really good location, easy parking, come on down and enjoy this place, I've had a blast. Absolutely, I'm uh, a big fan, 5 for 5, I love it, come down, man. thanks again.